Welcome to Miracle Nutrition with Hardy White. My style is so free, you will never know where the accent will be or if there will be rhythm or non-rhythm. Oh, join me now. And when we join together, we're larger than the sum of the parts that went into it, divided by how many of us there are. Let's do it. Don't do it. What? Don't do it. Don't do what? Whatever you're about to do. I wasn't about to do anything. Everybody's about to do something. Well, I didn't have anything planned. Well, you could still uh, be about to do something, like maybe sit down. Well, what if I do sit down? Don't do it. Well, then I'll stand. Don't do it. Now, come on. What would you have me do? I'm not here to have you do anything. I'm here to provide an opposing point of view. All right. That's why you asked me to come along with you. I didn't. Well, I'm offering an opposing point of view. I should. All right. Well, I'm going to go talk to people. Don't do it. <laughs> why? Because they'll think you're stupid. Now, why would they think I'm stupid? Because you're going to say something stupid. Well... I might, I might not. And if I do, what's the worst that could happen? They're going to think you're stupid. Well, that's kind of true. So why bother? Don't do it. Uh, I'm going to do it anyway. Uh, hi. Uh, I'm Hardy. Oh, Harvey. No, Hardy. No, I'm Harvey. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were... Yeah, I know what you thought. <laughs> See? Um... I guess you're right, but uh, you can't win if you don't play. I'm going to go get something to eat. Don't do it. I know. I'm just going to assume you don't want me to do anything. It's not that I don't want you to do anything. I just don't think you should trust your judgment. Well, I've got to trust my judgment. Who else am I going to trust? Well, why would they have a judge judge himself? See, you can't self-judge. you got to have somebody else pointing fingers at you, say, you're doing it wrong, you're stupid, and then you can say... No. Now, you may or may not be right. All right. So, you're just going to walk around and judge me. Yeah, kind of critique you. And I'm going to act as a warning from the future. So, I'll be looking back and saying, oh, the consequences of your decision were dismal. Make another. So, I'll choose some other path and avoid it. Or it'll be worse. Maybe I'm a sadist. Well, it could be. You know... It's not fair to all the other people that derived pleasure from other people's pain who came before Desaad that they should name it after him. Caligula must be steaming. I know what you mean. Man, I don't even like parties. I don't know why I'm here. You don't like parties because people don't like you. That's not true. They do like me. Well, you fear they won't. And your fear is something that people can smell. It's like body odor from the soul. Yeah, maybe. And then sometimes fear is misinterpreted as being stuck up. Like you could be shy that people would think, hey, that person's avoiding me. Yeah, I know what you mean. I'm shy. Oh, no, not you. You're arrogant. No, I'm not. I get kind of afraid of, of people. Well, because you're afraid they're not going to be deferential to you. That you're not going to get what you think you uh, deserve. That seems a little puffed up to me. Well, maybe. Yeah, you're not shy. You're just self-centered. Well, that could be. Maybe I should leave. Don't do it. Ah! You know, if I could have Butchie with me all the time, and I, I may very well. You may very well. How do you know you don't? I do. I do and I don't. Sometimes he's there. Sometimes he's not there. Hi, France. This is Hardy White. Sometimes I have other voices in my head. Well, I always do. You do, too. They're just, they use the same sort of accent. And mine have different uh, timbres and pitches and things like that. But they're, they're basically just me. So you might have an internal dialogue that goes something like, Oh, I can't do this. Come on. Yes, you can. But mine would be in four or five different character voices. Why is that? 
Well, because I like to separate them out, sort of give them a distinct flavor, distinct color, so I can tell them apart. That way, I don't think that my normal positive voice has suddenly gone sour. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, I'm talking to myself, and I'm being so mean to me. That, oh, but if I said, well, it's just the butchie in me, then I feel better. I go, of course, I expect that from that side of me. So it's easier for me that way. I know a lot of people are like that. In real life, would want to use a dime. I don't know if you know what a dimo label maker is. But they used to have these things. I loved them. There's two things I loved when I was a child. A dimo label maker and the, uh, the manual price stampers at the grocery store, which are gone. And I'm talking pre-even label. There was a, a device, children, and it was like an ink stamper. And you set the price, and then you just stamp the top of the can, you know, 59 cents, like that. 59 cents! That's like $80 now. No, I don't know what it was. But, uh, and then there was like label ones. Eventually, we'd go, I've used those working at a grocery store. You, um, little paper, tiny paper labels. But there was the Dymo machine that made these like plastic labels that looked as if they were on, I think NASA used them, you know, on, off, launch, lunch, and then they'd flip the switch. I think they did on early machines. Before they knew that uh, computers were going to be around long, they go, well, we don't know how long these are going to be around, so let's put these temporary plastic labels on them. Otherwise, we spend the time etching it into the metal, and then people go, oh, I don't want a computer, then we're stuck with this. So a temporary label is a fine thing. I use temporary labels all the time. So maybe now Butchie is talking a certain way. Maybe Butchie will change. And that voice in myself will evolve because I grow over time. There needs to be not a, not a Mr. Rogers for adults, but uh, one for children. I think the original one was for adults. Oh, that man is being so gentle with my children. But... Uh, the a children's one I think would be more, maybe more chaotic. I don't. The man was not the idea. Listen, this is what children like. Children like something like a vaguely menacing, blue the bear figure, like a hobo or something. I think it would children would be more comfortable with. So hey, kids, it all you don't gonna get hurt. That kind of thing, you know. It's like, are you sure? Yeah, come on. It makes them feel more brave, you know. Uh, I feel I'm nothing against Mr. Rogers, but listen, um, sometimes when you want to assuage someone of their fears, you might put one in there that's not there. So, for instance, uh, in his case, I remember he had a song. Uh, he said, "Sometimes you might think that your your body comes apart, the doll, the parts might come off or something." <laughs> I was thinking, I know I read that in an Oliver Sacks book. That, you know, if you get shot in the head in World War One or something, you're like, oh, my hand came off. It's not, not literally like you think it's gone or something. Um, or it's going to, you have a fear that it's going to fall off. So, so Mr. Rogers is talking about this fear of being, of just your body parts just sloughing off like you were, had, uh, you know, um, what, leprosy or something. I don't know if that, God bless you if you do. I'm sorry. I don't know if that's how it works. Maybe zombie, that, that zombie rot thing where your limbs just drop off, like in Thriller. Um, and uh, I had never thought about that. Now, I didn't hear that song until I was an adult, but he was like, you know, you, you're not going to go, or you said, uh, you're not going to go down the bathtub drain. I'm like, man, I never even thought about that until you put it in my head, you scary, somehow dream creature. Uh, it's really strange. He's like, there's a little bit of that, uh, you know, um, menacing. What is the guy that lives in? Freddy Krueger. Freddy Rogers or something. Uh, living in my head, in my dreams. Uh, trying to console me for, about things that I didn't know that I was sad about. So I don't want to do that. I don't want to put thoughts in your head. It's like, friends, are you ever afraid of this, that, and that thing? And you go, no, I didn't know to be. A lot of people who are con artists will do that. They'll give you a fresh fear, and then they'll try to sell you something to get rid of it. But if you get rid of it, then you don't need their remedy anymore. So they really just want it to 
to live with you. And uh, that's the horrible thing. So what they do is they basically send you a box of cockroaches. That's your fear. And you open them, you go, and then go, man, now you got a cockroach problem. Yes. uh, Well, listen, I got a remedy for that. And you keep trying stuff, but you can't ever keep up with it. You've let, you've already let them in your house. And the stuff that they're giving you is just boric acid. Boric acid, which you could get. It's just laundry detergent. So it's not going to do any good. It might, people at home are going, no, Hardy, that works. It kills all the insects on earth have been killed because of this uh, white laundry detergent that you sprinkle along your baseboards. We used to have a fella come in with like DDT or something and just put it on the, on the wall-to-wall carpeting, but not right up at the baseboards though, where we weren't licking it, not in the middle where we were rubbing our faces in the carpet, but just the poison was just at the edges. So, should the cockroaches sort of hug the walls as they walk, which they didn't, sometimes they'd be bold as love and uh, go right across the carpet like that. And it's uh, horrifying. And those are your fears. And I'm not going to give you any new ones. Oh, my goodness. I'm, let's pretend you're fearless. Not so much fearless as let's pretend you don't have a boss. Hi, I'm Hardy White. A lot of times, our heads, which are little little cities like Sim City or a house, sometimes I have a thought palace or a thought mansion or a, mine's a duplex. So there's somebody else living on the other side. I'm not allowed to go in the, ah, it's so frustrating. I don't know the whole building. So if the person in the duplex falls asleep with a candle, the whole place burns down because I don't know that there's a proper firewall in between. Anywho, I have this condo concept duplex mind. and uh, But no, there's a whole city there. Here's the thing. Who's the leader? Is there a mayor? Is there a sovereign? Or is it, some, or is it cooperative? So there is. There's an authoritarian figure, and we call him, and it's a him, of course, uh, who else would, uh, you know, be that uh, horrid to think that they had uh, power over others? Who uh, is called prefrontal cortex. And I know that's an odd name. It's uh, Dutch. And so uh, he reigns and it is authoritarian. I said, no, I'm kidding. We killed him. We didn't kill him, but we tricked him into staying in the bathroom and there he stays are you sure is it safe to come out yet no 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 we're doing improvisational jazz what i'm talking about is you have some critical voices in you and there are they're great don't do it that's a wonderful voice i wish we had but you could don't do it sometimes he's so right you know and sometimes he's wrong so uh, but when he's not there it's a mixed bag so sometimes you need it And sometimes, like when we're playing jazz and I'm about to hit a note or an interval, he'll go, don't do it. And I go, I don't need that right now. I need to flow into the possibilities. There's nothing as life and death right now. I'm doing art. I'm doing art or I'm doing love or I'm doing, maybe I'm praising someone. Then I want a riff free form. I hate the word. I don't like the word riff necessarily. I don't think. But I do think it's a good for uh, little snippets of things I want to say compiled without self-consciousness uh, powering through my inhibition so that I can express myself freely, tell you I think you're great or I love you or I think your art is wonderful or something you've done has moved me. And I bypass that sovereign who would limit my behavior. He's always trying to get people to stop doing things or do what he wants. And that's, again, not always bad. We let him come back sometimes when, we have, when there's really bad traffic. And we need that, you know, oh, this is what we're doing. Even in a collective, every once in a while you need someone to say, Hey, people, if we don't clean this up, we're going to be living with this stink for a long time. So you say, thank you. Thank you for taking the lead on this. But then you step aside. You don't always have to be the, the king. 
So you want to make sure that you don't have something in your head that is limiting you for no reason. Uh, what do you mean, Hardy? Oh, sometimes if we really love to do something and maybe we don't do it as, as much as we love, we can get some torment from it. We don't want to do it, like art. You know, nobody even, even if you're good, you're not probably as good as you want to be. So sometimes when you do stuff or make things, you know, you've got this inhibition saying, no, that's ugly or tear it up. Now, sometimes it needs to be there because you could think, everything I do is beautiful. Why doesn't anybody else think that? Well, those are two different things, too. You can think everything you do is beautiful and it can move you as if you had made a Picasso, but make sure you don't confuse that with someone else's head. Oh, that freedom is wonderful. But, again, you might need some of the self-critique if you're advancing a craft. Hi, I'm Hardy White. I want to welcome you to my acting class. I know nothing about acting, but I'm not going to let that stop me. I've watched some videos, first of all. So, and a lot of, isn't it a lot of it just mimicry? So if I had a role, this would be the problem if I was doing an original play now or something, I'm in trouble. Because I was thinking, let's say I get a part and I'm... Um, Shapiro and Madman from Alensis. And I can go in and I can look up that part. And I can see, how did Mike Holly do it? And then just do it like that. But if I have to start from scratch and say, who is the character? What are they? Why are they there? Do they have a mustache? What kind of underwear are they wearing? Because even though you don't see it, you know, I'll know it's there. I'll feel it. Should I pee myself? Is that somebody who would pee themselves? And I have to, if I do that, it'll feel. See, you don't know. That's the thing with acting. How many of you here have had previous acting experience? Liars! No, I'm kidding. I'm just making you feel. Oh, but I have. But you're not acting it. You don't act like you have. You see what I'm saying? No, I feel like you're hurting me. I am. I'm hurting your career and your craft. But I don't care. I told you at the top of the thing, I did not know anything about acting. But here's what I think, and it's just kind of meta. I'm pretending to know something about acting. Therefore, that's acting. So really what you're getting to do is witness the art in, in progress. So I don't know if you've ever been in a city or something, there's a, a street artist, they're either painting something Right? And uh, a scene, or maybe they're doing sidewalk art with chalk, with a sort of Trump Lloyd thing that makes you think you're going to fall into a, a pit. And you go, oh, I'm not falling for that. That's not a big pit into the sewer. And then it turns out it's not chalk. And you fall in. And then when you do, you remember that movie, that Pixar movie, where the jazz musician falls in the hole and he goes to heaven. And you say, am I in heaven? And you wonder for a minute, what is even heaven? Was I living it originally? Was I walking along and was I more uh, joyous and euphoric than I realized because I was so concentrated on the limitations? You say, no, I wasn't thinking that, Hardy. All right, skip then to uh, column B where we're just back to talking about sidewalk chalk art, which, and this is a lovely thing, is temporary. And the temporary nature of your decision should be uh, in your mind right now. Say, I've got a problem. I approach the problem. I come up with a solution, and then it's in the past. So I've got to start again. So that's why I say never do anything, because you're just going to have to do it again probably. So just wait until just one last time, and then do it then. Dishes, anything like that. If you don't do the dishes you won't have any clean dishes to dirty. So once they're in that state, they stay in that state. Once you bring them out of that state, you send them in a, to a perpetual chain of, of, of repeating, of recursion, of clean to clean to dirty to clean to dirty into infinity. So just leave them dirty in the sink or never use them to begin with. And that way you don't have to make any difficult decisions or do any of the hard work. What kind of show is this? Nutrition? Well, no. I don't know much about that either, but I eat. This is another thing. is that The proof of the pudding is in the tasting. I'm alive. I'm old. 
I have to, you have to eat to be alive. I must know what I'm doing. I think that with the, every person that I meet. I think, I don't know, whatever you're doing, you're alive. So something's going right. <clears throat> you know, not that something's going wrong if you're dead. I know, I have, first of all, I have many, many dead listeners. And so I don't want to ever put them down or be a deadist or anything like that where I don't, I don't realize that, hey, some of this, what I'm saying, may fall on dead ears. And who knows, I don't know how sensitive you are after you're dead. But um, I realize you don't feel included. Sometimes we don't manage. You say, oh, yeah, well, you know, once a year on my yard site, I get, uh, you know, cottage and you light a candle or something. Well, no, we talk about you during the year. Uh, maybe it's not everything that you wanted to be remembered for. <clears throat> you know who was stubborn? Oh, that's what's going to happen to me or something. You know, you know who was a strange bird? Yeah, Hardy White. Yeah, I bet I was. I wonder what I was. I'm glad I don't have to contemplate that. So, oh, don't you believe in heaven? I don't have, oh, my goodness. I'm putting all that off. I, I don't think there's any rush, so I'm going to wait and withhold my belief until it's uh, irrelevant. That's what I've decided to do. <laughs> so I don't know if that's a good strategy or a bad one, but uh, you can wait on making a decision so long that it's no longer pertinent. It does, it's just absolutely irrelevant, and uh, it's kind of a wonderful thing. You know, I've had friends like that say, I'm not, you know what, I'm not going to get married. I go, you know, dude, you're right. You're right. But now is it, is it still a choice? Or is it now is it just an inevitability? I don't know. I don't know much about uh, life, and everybody who does is gone. So, and the people who are alive, I'm not so sure. And the reason is, it's because they haven't died. So everybody who's alive is lacking Listen, I died and I went to heaven and I saw a bright light and then I went and I saw a civil war or something and then I got uh, ate something and then uh, danced, uh, did salsa with Jesus and then not that Jesus and then uh, we uh, I came back and I was on the operating table and they said his dad is dead and he's now his back and he's gone again and then I don't know where I was and then I dreamed that I was Lao having a yellow millet dream and the dream went I was born and I was Captain Picard and then I was a bunch of other people and then my head became a racquetball and was smacked against the wall and I woke up and I was the whole universe Oh, that's, we all know how that feels in our heart. Listen, I don't want to free you if you are more happy in your, where, where you are. So don't, you know, there's, uh, freedom is not all it's cracked up to be. I can imagine somebody coming, pulling me out of my house and say, you're free, you're out of that cage. And I go, no, I was cozy in there, really. And that wasn't a cage. You've made a mistake. I freed uh, people's pets. You know, oh, you're, oh, that horse is being held hostage. It's not, though. It lives there. Or does it? Who knows? You'd be cut free into, into a place that's where there is no freedom. Like, I remember that I get the dumbest thing. I went to Gilligan's Island. And I said, I'm going to get all of you off the island. And I did. It turns out the island was keeping them from drowning. So that was a mistake. So you don't want to rescue people. if uh, You want to make sure what you're rescuing them from. And that's why I don't want to give too much advice. I just had my uncle just uh, died. And uh, thank you. It's always very old and had a good life and a good death. And, uh, I, and uh, I've almost, almost forgotten what I was going to say about him because I started thinking so much about him. But um, uh, he had, uh, he told me never to, to give advice. And I said, is that advice? And then we went into this thing. It was very surreal. It was one of the last things I ever said to him. But he basically uh, told me that. And I realized it was, he was a very clever person. So he might have been doing some kind of weird meta thing. We're telling me that the best advice is that don't give advice. But you just did it. So... I think what he was saying in a mystical way is it isn't the thing, it's the act. 
you know, uh, it's like saving is, you know, is maybe being saved is different than saving or something or, or um, the end state is different than the action. So you might think you're helping, but you might not be helping. But I wouldn't tell you, oh, help is wrong. Does, you don't know, see what I'm saying? So help generally is right. And giving help can be very wrong because you think you are. Or you might think you're not hurting. So I could give people advice about, you should do this if you have a bad neck. You should take some mustard, yellow mustard, not the brown kind, and rub the mustard on your neck. And then uh, salt and then UV light or I don't know. But give some kind of advice that could be harmful. So you think I'm helping. I think I'm helping, but the extra ingredient that I have that makes it not great is ignorance. And I have that. And I know I have that in abundance. So the best thing to do, I guess, is to let people come and uh, take what they need. You know, it's like uh, give a penny, take a penny. But you don't go handing them out. Just make them available. And I've tried to do that with you, my friend. If I have anything that's of value to you, I expect you to come sort through it and everything. I don't, I'm not going to give you something specific. I'm going to say, listen, I've got all these little treasures that I think are treasures and you may not. But let's go through a box full of them, shall we? So I open up the shoebox and inside the shoebox are all these little objects of different sizes. I guess there's things that look like coins. There's little contraptions maybe that are made of brass. There's other things, cloth things, little wooden boxes, little figurines and things like that. And we have to go through them all individually before you can tell whether you like any of them or whether they are useless, whether they're junk or whether they're little treasures. Is that a coin or a chocolate, you know, candy? Is it gelt? And how old is it? You know? So if it's old and it's gold, if it's old and it's chocolate, so you see, so we've got to go through all of it. And I want you to sort through my little box, and that's what these shows are. I just put everything in there. I dump everything in there. I got a lot of stuff going on. I move through my life, and I accumulate things I've found out, especially as I get older. They... They just uh, stick to me or something, you know, like burrs. I'm going through a jungle. I'm going through a forest. And the burrs of different plants stick to me. And I'll pick them off, pick them off and plant them. See what happens. See if you get any of the same experience. Now, you can be young and have things to offer too. We all do. But it's how you go about presenting them. You know, how you, te how you teach them. So I don't teach. I flea market present. So what I would do is I would have a table in front of me. And then my things are on the table, my knowledge. Now, it's all over the place. So you, if you want to know physics, you go to a physics class and say, I want to know physics, and I want to go with a physics expert. And so if you wanted to have leather, beautiful leather bags, you'd go to one of those beautiful leather bag stores, and they would have exclusively leather bags. And they would be very expensive, but you would know you were getting a good thing. Now, if you wanted something more general, if you were just looking sort of variety, you might come to my flea market. And then you may look at the table. And I may have things around there, like this one. I picked it up, and this one is, is, is acting, pretending to be somebody. Pretending to be uh, maybe a character, or even a character who somebody wants you to be. So that you're at a party, and a lot of people, maybe you have a, what you feel is a humble job. Or, you know, it's not the one you wanted. You went to school for something different. You're past the point of being bitter, though. You're okay. And you know what? You're okay with this little office job that doesn't necessarily reflect your passions or your skills. You are hoping someone asks you at the party what you like, but you're pretty sure the people are going to ask you what you do. And so you come there, and you know that you're going to have to pretend a little bit. You're going to have to be something. Now, you might say, I'm just going to, uh, you know, if you're feeling a little bit uh, bitter or resentful and a little bit angry, but also uh, high self-esteem. Say, me, darn it, I like myself, and I will not be made to feel that way. You might uh, act a little bit. You might become a character. Or either way, even if you feel vulnerable, you might become a character. You're certainly not going to be you because you just don't trust anybody, and you're not confident that you even know who that is. So, I'll do what the situation calls for. Now, I have to do that in lots of places because I have disinhibited my brain so much 
that when I have jury duty, I have to remember that I could go to jail for being uh, non-traditional in my responses. So I, I got to behave in a certain way. And to me, it feels false and phony. Um, but I also know that we have to navigate the world with this. So people will tell you all the time, be yourself. But that's one of those pieces of advice that is just not good all the time. Sometimes you cannot be yourself. Sometimes you're not sure who that is. Sometimes the self that you, others would have you be is not who you want to be. And so it's very difficult to ride that, that wave and, and, and survival being the thing that you're trying to accomplish. So you find yourself pretending and being honest alternatingly. And uh, it can be exhausting. But I don't think that that is not normal. I think it's wonderful that we have to cycle through all these us's. And maybe after all, at the bottom of all these layers, I just want to stop right here and say, if, if, if Chris is listening, he's saying, this is almost verbatim our phone conversation. I apologize. That is a, you know, that, that happens, you know, at least I haven't written a novel and you go, wait a minute, that's me. Because so that's happened too. So I apologize. <clears throat> These are ideas that you had earlier. I know that. But um, at the inside of all these layers of, of your blooming onion of, of personalities, of, of roles, is, is nothing. I think, you know, it's just a, uh, a, a brain with little sparks and things like that. Just neurology. Now, that could be wacky, too. That's fun. If your armature is a little, you know, non-traditional, it's wonderful when they layer the rolls on top of your thing that can't, <laughs> that's all over the place. I think that about that. When I try to pretend to be some personalities, it just, it, it ain't happening because of, let's say, my attention span doesn't correspond. And I just can't maintain it. And it falls away. And I don't feel guilty all the time. For instance, let's say I do real well on a job interview and I'm full of garbage and I get the job. And then, you know, I'm like, uh-oh, maybe I can't do this. I do not feel like a fraud because I feel like, well, you had the opportunity not to hire me. And uh, there's lots and lots of books that tell you how to see through uh, the BS of people applying for your job. So there you go. Gotcha. I'm in. So I don't really feel all that bad. And then, you know, you're never as bad at a thing as you think you are. Just your boss thinks you're bad at it. Um, that's just projection. So you don't worry about it. Oh, boy, I'm just going to take a nice long nap. But, uh, gosh, the world is crueler than that. And there's, oh, there's people out there that w would uh, destroy you. So it isn't all about subtle navigation in the world. Oh, no, there's those who would literally uh, destroy you. Right? Some people hate others so much they'd have them killed or, or wouldn't care if they were or if they were had their freedom taken away. They wouldn't mind. And that's real too. Gosh, try having a kid's show that prepares you for that. You know, okay, just know this, that, you know, that uh, trees are pretty and that your toes don't come off in the bathtub and there could be another holocaust and also feed the fish every day. And okay, bye-bye. This is how crayons are made. Also, uh, this is a mass grave. I don't know how the, that reality Oh, don't ever expose children to, uh, to those uh, details. I don't think you have to. I think that they come right out of the chute pretty uh, with an intuitive sense of the horror of being alive. And uh, I'm pretty sure because they were just in oblivion recently. If you were just in oblivion like three years ago, you'd be like, mm, you know, I'm going to be fairly alert because I know that I've just sp sprung from nothingness. And so I know I know where we're headed. Oh, I'm glad you're headed there with me. Oh, 
I just like to have, I don't know too much, and I go on and on and everything. And I, can't, I like to be specific occasionally. Until I was sitting by the side of a river fishing, and I had my line in there just relaxing and eating my lunch. And then there was a tug on the line. And another tug. I set my thing that you set. I don't know much about fishing. And then I pulled on it, but it was something that's it was bigger than a fish. What was it caught on? Maybe I had snagged the propeller of a boat. And then as I thought those words, or maybe I said them out loud, maybe I caught a propeller, they were interrupted by a large creature uh, breaching out of the water. Oh, he must have been 20 feet high. And I said, is that what my line is on? And it was a giant thing that looked like a, I honestly don't know what it looked like. It just looked like a like blubbery uh, grayness. I, I don't think it was a whale. I don't even know. Maybe I didn't even see it. Now that I'm thinking back, who knows? I could have dozed. But it all happened so quickly. It was surprising and scary. I had no plan for it. It certainly wasn't what I anticipated. I thought I'd catch like just ordinary size fish, the kind that just coincidentally happens to be the same size as your frying pan, bring it back to the house, say, look, I got this fish, inexplicably not clean it, flip it in the frying pan, cook it, we all eat it, and it's wonderful. That's where I thought that was going, but it didn't. I caught a sea monster, and that happens sometimes. And then you ride it and you cut your line and say, oh, well, things happened a little differently than I thought they would. But I, when, what did I learn from the situation? Nothing. Is this information I will ever use again? Probably no. That strikes me as a being life largely, a good, a good life lesson. I've learned something. All right. Will you ever use it again? No. I learned it for a specific situation and after the fact. All right, that might be a good one to share then because it's doing you no good anymore. That's why I feel like a lot of them. I've learned things, but now I don't. You can have it because I, you know, I don't. Now I got new problems. So, right? I mean, you expect that. I didn't have problems. uh, For instance, let's say I still had some zit cream left. Don't need it anymore. It was a problem. I still have some of the solution, and I don't even know if it's good anymore. Gosh, how long is that? Will it expire? It's uh, 40-some years old, but you can have my half a tube of Pernox a facial scrub and my Clearcell and my Clearcell um, skin tones. I have a whole rainbow thing of Clearcell skin. Depend, isn't that lovely? I even have some that are different, that are primary colors in case you're, you know, who knows um, where the zit's going to be. It could be, let's say you're a baboon and it's on your booty. So you need to, I need a scarlet um, color, clear seal for cover-up. Or blue, what they have that bright cerulean blue too. You can, might need that if it's on your other baboon butt cheek blemish. Baboon butt cheek blemish. Yeah, that's right. Isn't that what they call it? I haven't. Those ads are not on anymore. Where they used to have skin care for various zoo animals. Do they have those in zoos? You know, I'm not a big fan of zoos. You know that, and or prisons, or uh, you know, or prisoner of war camps. All that stuff is for me. I'm not really down with. It's kind of aquariums too. The ones that have whales in them. Anything where a giant creature is kept in a small cage, unless it wants to be. You know, like sometimes your cat likes to get in a wooden bowl or something. So that cat is being, but that's a rare, most gorillas do not naturally crawl into an enclosure in Atlanta. Um, They're coaxed there or they're drugged and like they're shanghaied. A lot of animals are shanghaied. They wake up, they go, where where was I just? Um... You're now you're in a sort of it's not this isn't the jungle I know it's like the Truman Show for primates so good luck to you and you'll be taunted on the other side of glass by little little pale clear monkeys all right bless you.
Oh, I hope that you're, have I put you in a cage that's too small? I hope not. I hope I haven't underestimated your need for freedom. Oh, no, I don't think you have, Hardy. You're one of the free, thank you. Come on, you're, you're embarrassing me. Go ahead, though. You're one of the freest, free, just free, so free form, so free style, there's no style. So free form, there's no form. Free, just free, not freedom, freeness. It's not even a word. Thank you. Freeness, I call it. And you just, it, it isn't like I'm opening my mind, the floodgates of my mind, and I'm just saying things like, I have very specific things I want to say. It's just the way I speak. You know, I get to them in a sort of roundabout way. Because as you begin to tell somebody, sometimes you have to tell them other stuff. So I told this story one time in public about how I was on a boat, uh, like a 30-some foot, you know, pleasure cruiser, kind of like Chris, you know, nothing, nothing. It was a Chris Craft was the make. Um, but this, you can't go very far in them. They're zipping around the intercoastal or something. You go fishing out. You can go fishing out in the ocean a little bit, but not too far. Uh, that kind of thing. So it's one of those, and it had a head, the bathroom. They call it a head on the ship. I know, I know that. I thought, is it stolen valor to know like navy things? And then I had to go, and it was very late, and I didn't know where the light switch was. And I went down in it, and I saw the toilet, and I began to pee, and I I heard this muffled, wasn't the familiar noise. It sounded like I was peeing on terry cloth because I was peeing on terry cloth. And it had one of those seat covers that was brown and dark. And in the, in the night, I thought it was the bowl. You know, it was the inside. But it wasn't. I was just peeing on the lid. And it wasn't just peeing on the lid where I could wipe it. I was peeing on the, the fabric lid cover. And I time just froze and everything. Now, if I'm telling you this story, I've also got to tell you about people used to put these lid covers on. They'd have a, a carpet that was went around the commode. And then the actual lid of the commode would have this cover that fit on it like a seat cover but you don't even sit on that part it's inexplicable i don't understand i guess with your bare bottom you can get out of the shower this thing's closed you sit on that but then there's the proper seat which you can't put anything cloth on it because they expect that to get urine on it there you go so i'd have to sort of go off on a tangent and off on that tangent i might speak about other things doesn't mean the story stopped we're still coming back to that little cabin that's the whole point or the whole point might be embarrassment, or it might be these situations where you just, uh, the only solution is sort of having to admit that you were foolish or having to be mortified about something or having to make a mistake that uh, makes you feel lesser or something like that. They're unavoidable. So that might be what I'm talking about, but it would get there in, in, all, in a meandering sort of way, it seems. I was taking you to some really cool spot. Let's say on my property. Let's say I had a, a spring. Now, I might take you on a very circuitous route because I've got other things to show you. Now, taking you straight there would be efficient, but life is an experience. And so everything that you do, the whole way there, you could stop at any point and you've arrived. I mean, it'd be nice to get to the little spring at the center, but in our meandering journey, we see all the good things to see. You get to see my chicken who does math, but he, linear algebra. So it's hard to see. He's doing it in his head, which is remarkable. I mean, I know you've seen the chickens do the addition and everything, just pecking it out and everything, but this, this one sits there and she just does it in her head. The most complicated math. And you say, well, how do you know? And I, I can tell. You can tell. You'll see and you'll be able to tell too. You know, kind of her eyes will dart back and forth and you go, oh, dang it. She's like working out a formula. So that's pretty remarkable. Um, I have other sites to see. I have the the graveyard, which is interesting because it's 100 graves, and they're all the same person. 
Well, they're not literally the same person. They all have the same name, and that's James Graves. There's 100 people named James Graves. They're not family. They didn't know each other. They all died at different times. They just all happened to be named James Graves, and it was not a coincidence. This place was started for that very reason. My friend Jeff Clark is in a Jeff Clark club. It's not an unusual thing. So, uh, Joe Clark. Jeff Clark. <laughs> I don't know any Jeff Clark, do I? Joe Clark. Yeah, he's in a Joe Clark club. That's real. You can look it up. I'll wait. Is there a club for my name? No. Anybody else? Is there a Hardy White club? There is, and you're in it. I was waiting for you to get that. Oh, that was the lore, and you are the sea monster. Coming up there from the lake. Oh! And, uh, and taking it. And say, I now I see you have opened my eyes, Hardy. And I say, yet your eyes are closed. Now open them. And you open them again. You go, I say, they're still closed. Now close them. And now they're, now they're open. Don't do it. All right. Don't, don't listen to me. Isn't that fun? I've, you've done a lot of shows on paradoxes. Haven't you, Hardy? Maybe I, ha I haven't, I haven't. So, isn't that weird? Things you will notice are um, sometimes only a paradox if you, um, if you think you know what the original term is. And I know that's for a, for a lot of things. If, you've, if you think you know the thing that's being contradicted, that's when it seems like there's a contradiction. So with the heap paradox, if you think you know what a heap is, your problem is, is heap. It's the idea heap. I mean, there's nothing literally a paradox about different numbers of grains of rice. It's when you try to make a word out of what they are, you're going to find yourself in the, in the ishness, which is lovely, which is fine. But just don't mistake it for math. It's a swirling world of perception and it's lovely and it's just constantly interpreting things that are really uninterpretable. It's putting meaning on the meaningless, but the meaning itself is something that you can experience. Even though the canvas is on doesn't even exist. Isn't it wonderful living in a holographic universe that it's entirely experiential. Oh, and real, and real, and not real. That seems like, oh, whoops. <laughs> I don't know what real is, do I? That's right. You've, you're, once again, you have a word that you use all the time. Yeah. I remember That uh, now, otherwise, I am not going to give my opinion on Robin Williams. A lot of people love him and everything like that. We could talk all day. But he used to say, oh, oh. not that. I'm getting the thing he said. I'm just trying to say it like he would say it. Oh, he'd say, oh, I can't bring myself to say it. Uh, <laughs> I guess because I heard it so many times, it, was, it stopped being funny to me, right? And then, or you'd hear somebody else say it. And you'd go, now, why am, I, why am I murderously angry at something that's just a laugh line? But he'd say, reality, what a concept. And I think he was trying to, he's trying to mock sort of like a philosophy, new age guru, right? And, and pretend that he was also on a lot of drugs. There's a lot of things going on in that joke, right? I was, I'm from the time, so I know what it was supposed to evoke. Right? Like, oh, oh, we're having drugs. Um, but so reality, oh, is reality a concept, you'd say. And I get mad because I think you're tossing around something that philosophically I'm interested in like it's a big joke to you, Mr. Williams. Yeah, it is a concept. So what? I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm just playing. Um, but that's the thing. That's a, I'm playing with reality a little bit there. Um, it is a, what an interesting 
concept it is. More things are concept to entertainment, theater, Hardy White, WFMU. It's all conceptual. It's all kind of made up. Doesn't exist. Doesn't really exist. WFMU does not exist. Clearly. It isn't really anything. At any given time, it's a different thing. Think about it. I mean, no, you don't even have to. That's pretty obvious. Okay. I'm going to say about it anyway. So, you know, at any given time, it's different people, different things, different things to different people. So you might say, oh, WFMU, I was on there, and then I was, I was a DJ, and then, uh, then I wasn't, and now I hate it, or something. You know, it's all sorts of, it could change what it is for you. So all these things are different things over time, and at any given time. And I'm Hardy White. I am different things at any given time. And you are too. Oh, I f that makes me feel unmoored. Oh, I feel like I'm a driven leaf, Hardy. Who am I then? I'm a float. I'm just floating around with you. Yes, I know. Floating around, but in that space, whatever we're floating around in, it's like a, a wonderful theater or something we have access to these rooms backstage they're costume rooms and then there's prop rooms and we can go in there and grab whatever we want and there's sets have you seen the sets it's any imaginable place on earth it could be a castle it could be oh i don't know the woods or anything we drag out the sets and there we are we're sitting in a cafe in paris drag out the cafe tables there's little cups and all of a sudden we're there and then we want to go someplace else we imagine someplace else you see that's how it works. It's pretty interesting, I think. And then we adjust. We adjust to the moment. I am a customer sitting in a cafe. Now I am a father taking care of my child. So all sorts of things you can be. And, uh, and then I like to be the one of the center sometimes, the nothing one, the nothingness one. Or then maybe, you know, I like to be Butchie and I. And maybe I, I'll tell you why. Don't do it. I want to say why. Don't tell him why. Leave him imagining. I might have said it at the beginning. Though. I don't want to leave people imagining something that I might have said at the beginning. Well, they should have tuned in at the beginning. Don't reward people for being slack. Not slack. Just because you're the end of the show. Maybe you just, just now got in your car. So I've been in court all day long. Because I'm a high-powered judge. And I've been judging. And now I'm getting this show. What's this about? It's about judging. I know, right? So that's a heck of a thing to miss. I'm sorry, judge, that you missed the judge show. Oh, no worries. Um, yeah, I'm so glad to be with you. And I think it's, a, well, are you with me? Yeah, that's the thing. I think I'm more with you now than if I was with you. I just could not be, if there's anything approaching me, Hardy White, it's not something I can be with eyes on me. It's not something I can be with you in the room. As much as I love you and trust you, I just, if you'd laugh, if you laugh, I'd want to make you laugh more. If, if you cried, I'd want, to, I'd want to stop you. All sorts of things. If you were here, I just couldn't say certain things. No, I just couldn't say. I would say things. They would just not be from the same place. And this way I can be. You know, I've stopped like that. I've had performed in front of people, and I've this thing where you stop or something, or maybe you get sad, or you, and you're looking, and they think, well, you're doing a technique. You're, you're stretching it out, right? Or you're, you're doing a really pregnant pause there. But maybe I'm not, you know, maybe I'm uh, overcome or maybe my mind has wandered. All these human things, all these things that I never avoid on the radio, never. I don't because I think they're just wonderful colors and things that you can only do when there isn't somebody watching or waiting or expecting i mean sometimes expecting can be close to judging expectations can seem like judgment if you expect one thing and i don't deliver that oh you got an opinion and so it's not a favorable one and so there's that but i'm in this free world and listen 
Nothing. When I don't talk, there's nothing. There's a wonderful emptiness. I could, I could fill it with anything. And I probably should. I should probably fill it with experimental tuba music. I should probably fill it with the thoughts and ideas and expression of lots of other people, dozens of other people, not just one. Why would you want to hear one person's mind for that long? Not in a pattern or a form or not expressed through something other than just their dumb voice. Is there a place for me just talking to you about nothing? Is that something that you need? And I don't, I don't know if it is or not. Yes, it is. All right. Don't do it. I'm going to do it anyway. It is something I need. All right. Okay. All right. What is it exactly you need? Oh, they hung up. So you're saying you need me, but I don't know what you need me for. All right. Here's my solution. I'll just keep being there. And then I'll just be there. And then when you need something, you can come get it. And then when I'm not here, it means that Ken has killed me. Not literally, but you know, just uh, figured it's like, oh, where's that? Where's the booth? You'll come to the manager of the flea market. Where is the booth that had all the rusty tools and had some throwing stars? And I think there was a, there was a little, there were plastic change purses that had different 70s cartoon characters on them, like Hong Kong Fooey and all. And then he'd go, oh, no, there, that booth is not here anymore. Something like that. That's the way. Did you, I'm just, because it's, I love him. I'm going to talk to way. Here's uh, how Ken, I don't know if you've heard him on the air. You probably heard him on the air, but that is a, that's not his voice. <laughs> and so those of us who know him, he talks like this. This is Ken, I'm Ken Freeman. And uh, I'm, uh, I'm running the station. And uh, uh, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you feel blessed. No, he doesn't talk like that. It would be fun. He does, th I, I have to imagine that. I think it'd be funny if he'd... Well, you know, it's like Jim Neighbors. You go, oh, Jim Neighbors, you know. Um, oh, dirty bitch. Oh, golly. And then, oh. Um, so other people could be like that. There are some people whose on-air voice is very is very different than the way they normally speak, I think. I'm not going to say who it is because I can't think of anybody right now, but I know I, know I noticed somebody. I was like, is that really my friend so-and-so? They sound so different on the air. Oh, I'm blessed to be with you. I hope that you are too. We're reaching the end of our little thing we do. And I almost said that. I hope I haven't repeated myself. But if I have, I am sorry. You are listening to Miracle Nutrition with Hardy White. I've heard of that on WFMU East Orange. W. MFU Mount Hope, 91.9 in Rockland County and online in Rockland County in New York City. And online, New York City, that's what impressive. They hear you in New York City? Oh, yes. So, um, oh, yes, I am on the radio in New York City where they're, they're listening to me and they follow every word you can tell. You can look at the city and know they've been listening. Or online, WFMU.org. Probably just wrecked the station ID by doing it that way. But listen, also... Is it still October? I think it is. Bless you if you help us out with this Hellraiser and, uh, and support us with some uh, money to prolong, to, to really just to uh, fend off inevitable death, really, of the station. So everything ends and, and, and we'll die, but we we're trying to see how many years we can, can put that off as a sort of game. And you can move the little bar with your money. And you're not using your money anyway. I know what you use it for. <laughs> so just add, this is very similar to what you normally use it for. You get the same, you can get the same feeling if you hit on yourself on the head with a hammer and listen to the radio station. You'll get everything that you need. Oh, I bless you. Don't do that. No, rub your head gently. Pet yourself like you're a puppy dog. I love you, and I'm glad you're alive, and I will see you again next week.
Ebony. Twins' name was Ebony. Her name was Mahogany. 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 Twins' name was Ebony.
Can you tell me why? We just live and die.